Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from iHeart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the VEASAN Hockey Betting Podcast with VEASAN's hockey betting analyst, Andy McNeil. Here is Danny Burke. All righty, folks. Welcome to it. Time for another episode here on VEASAN's Hockey Betting Podcast. Danny Burke, Andy McNeil. Here to recap last night's fiasco, if you want to call it that, between the Golden Knights and the Oilers. And we've got a couple of games tonight to preview, featuring the Hurricanes on the road against the Devils and the Stars still up in the Pacific Northwest in Seattle against the Kraken. But Andy, let's go ahead and dive into the recap from last night. The lone game, VGK and Edmonton. Man, I mean, I posed a question to you. I mean, what's kind of the incentive here looking to bet VGK aside from the price? And, you know, from my personal standpoint, I've been looking to avoid this VGK team and trying to find reasons why people may be infatuated with them. And, well, I guess they said shove it to me, and they went out there and won 5-1, the one, took a 2-1 series lead. Uh, the offense was great. Stuart Skinner, not his best performance, but – Look, at the same time, Andy, I mean, Edmonton's got to pull their weight offensively, and and it's been a struggle for them in Game 1 and Game 3. Yeah, Rogers' place absolutely buzzing. The Oilers opened the scoring on the first shot of the game, uh, and just like in Game 1, the Golden Knights answer back with a quick goal. Not long after, they, they make it 2-1. Uh, and in between there, of course, Laurent Passois suffered what looked like a, a pretty serious injury. And I mean, it's never a good thing when you see a goaltender go down, but especially so when the goaltender goes down, um, you know, doing a routine maneuver, like pushing across the crease to, to make a save on a rebound, because that likely means that uh, it's a groin injury or something like that. And, and he's probably uh, lost his his opportunity, which is the best opportunity that he's had in his career. So. Really tough to see Brissoua go, go down like that. He's he's a he's been a gamer, uh, you know, dating back to the regular season, and and really was was helping this Vegas team 
win games in the playoffs. So a uh, tough scene there, but Aiden Hill came in and, and played great. Um, I'll, you know, he did have a lot of help from his team. I think this is where the Oilers should have jumped on the Golden Knights, but Vegas, they had all the jump and they made sure that Hill would have the offensive support and, you know, leading two one after 20 minutes. Uh, it, it looked like Edmonton maybe had more pushback than the first time in game one that this happened to them and they really kind of crumbled. But by the end of the second period, it's five one. Uh, Stuart Skinner pulled after allowing four goals. Jack Campbell makes six of seven saves. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just not 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 clicking for the Oilers uh, on a consistent basis right now. And I know we were talking a little bit before we we started recording, and 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 I was saying how they can make adjustments, and they're good at that. But those adjustments have to stick for more than one game. You know, they've got to win two games in a row. And they're losing runway fast. And you look at it around their lineup, they've scored 10 goals in the series so far, which doesn't sound so bad when you say it like that, but they've lost two games, obviously, uh, and only scored one goal in game three. And Leon Dreisaitl has scored six of those goals. Connor McDavid has scored two of those goals. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Evander Kane, Zach Hyman, no goals. And, and that has to change. Those guys need to chip in on offense. That was a big reason why Edmonton was, uh, you know, favored by so much heading into the series and why they're, they're such big favorites in the games, especially at home. And and you've seen the betting market not really react all that much to uh, Vegas's win in, in game three, because I guess, you know, the sentiment is that, that Edmonton is going to come back very strong the way they did in game two. And, and I would agree with that, but you know, it, it becomes now whether uh, they can parlay that into a, another strong performance after that, assuming they do win game four uh, and send the series back to Vegas tied up at two. But right now I have Vegas winning the series 54% of the time, which is around minus 117 as far mm. as the game four money line goes. Kind of the same story as uh, we talked about yesterday. I said that I, ha- I was showing a little bit of value on Vegas and I thought there were some good numbers out there if I wasn't so invested in the Oilers already I probably would have been more would have been more inclined to bet on Vegas uh maybe a little wishful thinking got in the way there um but yeah once again too heavily shaded towards the Oilers I had them winning game four around 62 percent of the time that equates to a money line of minus 163 or something like that and uh I I so I'm I'm definitely a lot closer to where Vegas is priced, but I still think Edmonton has a, a very good chance of winning the game. And uh, I see this series going back to Vegas tied up. So minus 180 is the price for game four in favor of Edmonton. Like you were alluding to how chalky it is in favor of the Oilers, despite the confidence in them uh, nodding this series up plus 160 on the other side for the Knights total at seven with some juice to the under minus 125 consensus price at our VEASAN odds page. You mentioned the series price, Andy. So Vegas, their cheapest number I saw here in Illinois at DraftKings, minus 140. You said you had them at about minus 117. So big discrepancy there. And then the big number for, uh, or rather the best price for Edmonton, uh, plus 126 for them to win the series outright. That is featured at FanDuel. Uh, What do you think when you see those type of numbers for the adjusted series prices? Well, I mean, I think odds makers are doing what I would do if I was in their position. I would find, uh, you know, a relatively 
decent estimate of of what I think Vegas's chances are, and in this case, fifty four percent. And then I'd, you know, attach a bunch of vigorish to to that number and and jack it up to minus one forty. And and you know, I mean, I'd I'd laugh while I manage the liability. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, a little bit of value on Edmonton, I think, uh, plus 126. And, you know, if you if you really like the Oilers to, to get back in it, then, um, yeah, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's a play, especially considering, especially considering that, uh, that they are such big favorites in, in game four. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a tough one. It really is. It's, you know, this is, it's two out of three games now where, where they, they get an early lead and, and, and crumble afterwards and, and, and can't get back in the game. And, and, you know, this is the, the best offensive team in the regular season uh, and, and they've got to get it together. So um, all full credit to Vegas, like the way they responded after Brassois injury was, was huge. And, uh, yeah. and uh, I, I also am very, you know, kind of worried that, that Jack Campbell could be the guy going forward and he's been fine in relief of, of Skinner when he's had to be. And, um, you know, I'm sure there are some Oiler fans and hockey fans out there that think, you know, maybe that's the right move at this time. And maybe it is. Hockey's weird, man. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> maybe maybe putting in the guy that you think is the worst, you know, one of the, the worst <laughs> goal tenders, starting goaltenders in the league uh, will be exactly what the Oilers need. The, the, you know, the motivation they need to really just go out there and play and, and maybe stop, uh, stop, you know, kind of having faith in their goaltending to get the job done for them. Uh, but uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's tough. The, the Edmonton, Edmonton needs more from their, their, their supporting cast and they're just not getting it right now. Um, you know, in the regular season, like I look at Zach Hyman and Evander Kane as the two guys that I would, you know, if I'm looking at goal scorers and anytime goal bets, those are the two guys that I target on the Oilers all the time because mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they score a lot. They, they have, they have, really you know the ability to produce a lot of high danger chances they play with great players they got to do that in the playoffs and and you know Kane was great last year he's got to be he's got to be uh Hyman was great last year um and Hyman if you remember I I think he, he struggled quite a bit and in the first round I believe he had one goal but I think he led the Oilers in high danger chances so I mean this guy can turn it around he was really good after after that first round series um at least in the in the second round versus Calgary, if, if I recall correctly. Um, so you know, like I said, him and Kane specifically really have to turn it on. Nugent Hopkins, I'm not sure what his his deal is, but um, but yeah, those 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 three guys are are a big part of the Oilers' success. Even if Connor McDavid and, and Drysaddle get all the all the headlines, I think you know they weren't the Oilers weren't a real threat until they really, um, you know, until they really kind of sought out some secondary scoring and, and beefed up their lineup a bit. And uh, so those additions, Kane and Hyman, I think are really important and uh, they need to be, they need to be the, those impact players that they were brought in to be. Yeah. And you mentioned Jack Campbell potentially coming in for relief. So we've seen him twice now played a little bit over 50 minutes in that comeback win at Los Angeles back in April uh, he stopped 27 out of 28 shot attempts. And then obviously came in, for attempted relief last night, allowed one goal on 10 shot attempts. So uh, that would be, you know, not a great sign if he ends up starting at that point in the year. 
in the postseason for Edmonton based off what the expectations were. But sometimes, like you said, hockey is strange and you got to switch it up and uh, we'll see what the Oilers are planning to do going forward. Again, VGK now with a two to one series lead. They're minus 140 at DraftKings to win the series. Edmonton, the best price you can get on them over at FanDuel plus one. 26 and Danny um as far as you know Vegas goes I mean assuming somebody out is out there that that really likes them to move on to the Western Conference final uh you know clearly they're in a, a decent position now uh, up to one after three games I uh, you know they're going to be a big favorite against Seattle assuming Seattle can can hold on to their series lead and get the job done um they would be um Maybe a small favorite versus Dallas. Uh, okay. I would I would probably say that it's probably closer to a pick'em, but um, I you know there 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 might be better ways to go about this. Um, but this time of year when it's so close, I, I like to consider some some Western Eastern Conference futures. And you know, like I said, Vegas is could potentially be a big favorite in in a Western Conference Final Series against. Uh, against Seattle or maybe not a big, big favorite, but, uh, you know, a pretty sizable favorite. And, uh, and, you know, you could maybe set yourself up with a good position, uh, you know, of odds four to one or plus four fifty, uh, maybe even better than that, uh, on Vegas to win the Western conference going into a series against a team like Seattle or Dallas really. I mean, but, uh, it, it, you know, obviously it's conditional on, on some things right now. I think the, the odds accurately, represent the golden knights chances uh, of winning the division but you know like i said that's uh where things stand right now and if you're a, a big believer in vegas which i i don't know if i am um then you know maybe maybe there's some some value in kind of taking that approach to you know trying to parlay this series win or this potential series win mm-hmm. into a, another series win yeah good point good point All right, Andy, let's look ahead to tonight's action. Let's start with New Jersey hosting Carolina. And New Jersey finally got a win under their belt in the last game. Obviously, high-scoring affair, 8-4. to The Devils got the job done. So looking into game four, they open up as about a minus 146 favorite. Carolina plus 133. Total 5.5 with some juice to the under, minus 120. Now, consensus number since that point at our VEASAN odds page, Minus a buck fifty for the Devils, plus one thirty for Carolina, and again that total still residing at five and a half, despite all three of the first games eclipsing that total of five and a half and getting over that mark. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, look, the expectation, of course, Andy, is that New Jersey, when you're thinking about what they did in the first series, when we're thinking about kind of what we had been assuming out of this banged up Carolina team that New Jersey will tie this game up, or rather, this series up had two apiece but at the same time maybe Carolina is just this good and they keep playing over their heads and it's just gonna it's just gonna continue on here and for the people who are clamoring about the devils uh you know myself included in that category for a certain amount of time maybe it's just too hard to ignore the price that we're seeing at Carolina and we finally got to give them some respect in this spot huh well, not everybody feels that way. Apparently, I, I feel that way, but I'm, uh, you know, still seeing Carolina. I thought in in game one, I thought that you know plus one twenty six was a or not game one, sorry, uh, game three, the first game in New Jersey. Um, I thought plus one twenty six, which was at one point the best kind of an obscure price out that was out there, 
um, uh, when a lot of retail books and, and a lot of shops were at either plus 115 or plus 120, I thought plus 126 was a, an attractive price, even though I'm not, I wasn't necessarily looking to be backed into a corner to bet on one of these teams in this series, because I, I thought the games were going to be so flippy floppy and, um, and close at times. But like when, you know, there is a, a big, uh, what I thought was an over adjustment on the odds, I, I guess I had to get involved, um, regretted it got saved by the Panthers winning in overtime because they ended up being a big underdog that I, I, I was able to bet as well. Um, but yeah, like I said on the podcast the other day, I'm, I'm back on the hurricanes here plus plus one thirty five. that's available, uh, at bet three, six, five, I believe. I think that's the best price in market. Uh, a lot of books move down from one thirty five to like one thirty, one thirty two. um, still Carolina or nothing. I, I think, uh, from the money line perspective and, um, I, 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 once again, I don't, I don't love it, but you know, it is, it is what it is. I don't think the odds on either team should, should be getting this high. Uh, and it, and it took like an offensive explosion to, to, to make that win happen in game three. Um, not sure the devils can, can really outpace Carolina like that, especially a, a motivated team after a big loss. Um, so yeah, hurricanes are nothing, but once again, as far as the, the, you know, maybe the Eastern conference futures, um, the devils, I think uh, they'd be a, a favorite against the, the Panthers who look to be moving on to the Eastern conference finals. And, you know, you can, if you really, really believe in this devil's team and you think they're going to tie the series and you don't necessarily want to lay minus minus one fifty or, or whatever, mm-hmm. and you don't have any investment on this team, but you really, really like their chances. And, you know, you agree that with me that they they would be a favorite in in the Eastern Conference Final against Florida. Then maybe maybe you want to look for and shop around for the best odds on them to win the Eastern Conference. Um, once again, there might be a better way to do it, uh, and you can think about that. But I think just this is a good time of year to maybe consider that, like a little bit, a little bit of a you know almost like a two week handicap or a three week handicap here that like uh, um, might might leave you with a good position and and some nice. Uh, nice flexibility in in the in the conference final yeah I, I hear you there and again yeah it's not too you know it, rather it's, it's just not the wrong time to be considering those things especially with some of these teams having the advantages and like you said if you're really trying to seek out some more uh value or rather a better price and you don't mind having your money held up that's certainly a route you can take and you're kind of just planning things going forward instead of laying bigger chalk for this series so now that's really good advice and another way to kind of consider betting these stanley cup playoffs uh like, so you'll be yeah go uh, ahead no, yeah i was just gonna say like our series uh or our, our our edmonton oilers western conference futures right um you know, there there might you know there were better ways to maybe maximize profit uh, if if you thought that the Oilers um, were gonna were gonna do that and win the Western Conference. But hey, we're still sitting here with a pretty good number, mm-hmm. uh, even even facing a, a series deficit in the semifinal. Um, pretty happy with my position. Uh, you know that that probably might change after a three if it's a three one series deficit. <laughs> but uh, you know, it, it, it's it's those are the kind of spots I'd like to be in at this time of year. Right. And, and, you know, if you, if you don't maybe have anything lined up, then, you know, maybe there is a, a, a team here out of the, out of the, the ones that are left that uh, you can get yourself into a pretty good position with for uh you know, at, at four to one odds or, or better. 
Yeah, for sure, my man. Um, all right. So, yeah, the one thing I was just going to add to this game then, too. So I know you'll be riding with the Hurricanes tonight. I'm going to be on the Hurricanes, too. I'm going a little bit of a different route. I'm going with the Hurricanes over two and a half goals. Minus 112 is the juice that you have to lay at FanDuel. A lot of other books. Well, I've seen one other book have it at a flat three. Some other books had heavier juice with the two and a half, which made sense to me if it was at two and a half, that it would be at least minus 120 or higher. But yeah, minus 112 being offered at FanDuel. And this is a mark that we know they've gone over in all three games versus the Devils. Uh, and they've gone over in five out of nine postseason games overall. But look, what it comes down to is how the Hurricanes are attacking the net right now. I mean, they're number one at evolving hockey throughout the postseason in Corsi 4 percentage. Uh, they're expected goals forced per 60 minutes, 3.02 according to evolving hockey this postseason. And Vanacek, who we are assuming is going to be in net for the Devils, he actually has the worst goal saved above expected among all the contending goalies throughout the postseason. And uh, we know despite the win last game, Vanacek did not look the strongest. Uh, Hurricanes averaging the most shots force on goal per 60 minutes this postseason. They've struggled on the power play, just one of seven so far. But hey, at least the opportunities are there. And if they're able to capitalize on one of them, sure as hell will make me feel a lot better about getting over two and a half. And again, kind of correlating it with your thought here. All right, if we like the Hurricanes to win this game, ideally, and the expectation is you're right, you're probably going to have at least two goals going into the third. And then, you know, worst case, I'll uh, be looking at an empty net scenario and uh, potentially be clinching it that way. Hopefully it doesn't have to come down to that big a sweat, but that's what I'll be rocking with here. Hurricanes over two and a half goals. Again, minus 112 the price over at FanDuel. And uh, again, folks, that totals that five and a half, a mark that's been hidden over in all three games between these teams uh, so far in this series. Uh, Andy, really quick, I mean, I know you don't have any plays in terms of the totals, but are you a little surprised to either see this total still at five and a half for the full game or maybe the Hurricanes just being at two and a half? Uh, no, I'm not. I mean, I am a little bit surprised uh, given the goaltending switch. And like I said, the kind of magic that that's worn off of, of New Jersey's goaltending uh, hot streak. I, I think I am a little bit surprised that Carolina's uh, team total is, is as low as, as you said it is. Uh, but as far as the, the game total goes, I mean, I don't expect a big overreaction uh, after one game like that. Uh, we see this a lot and, you know, I think it, it just goes to show you that the, the people, the betting markets, the people that really rule the betting markets and um, and and the people that are setting the lines uh, don't stray too much from the baseline in, in a playoff series. You won't see things stray too much from where people mm -hmm. thought they would be, uh, at least in terms of the, the, the number of goals that are scored. Um until it until it happens, uh, you know, maybe maybe for three or four games in a row. But um, usually by then it's it's too late. But it's uh, yeah, it's I, I'm not surprised to see the totals still at, at five mm -hmm. and a half. All right, Andy, then let's get to our final game before, of course, we recap all the madness uh, aside from Edmonton and VGK last night. You know, we got to uh, get some celebrations with the uh, draft lottery for this upcoming year. So don't worry, we'll, we'll get our thoughts on that, too. But uh, let's get into the stars and cracking game next, my friend. Dallas opening minus a buck 31, Seattle plus 120. Total at five and a half, slight juice to the over, minus 115. And according to our VEASAN odds page now under the NHL tab, Dallas a consensus minus 135 favorite on the road. Seattle catching plus 115 
five and a half that total, of course, but the juice now to the over at minus 120. Andy, I know when we've talked with Jeff Davis, we've talked with some other betters, yourself included. Everybody's looking at the Seattle team and going, man, uh, you know, don't forget about these Kraken. They're a solid squad and kind of like the Panthers in a sense. They keep offering this plus money price and it's uh, it's almost tempting to take them once again in game four, right? Or unless I guess you think it's going to be kind of a pattern we saw in the first round series where Dallas, you know, great game in game two against the Wild got killed in game three on the road, then bounced back in game four. Maybe you think that happens here with Seattle, but again, it's uh, it's hard to ignore Seattle as an underdog again. Yeah, we, we've seen Dallas uh, trend from minus 140 down to minus 130. I um, am showing a little bit of value on Dallas, not enough to justify a wager, which I'm uh, kind of relieved about. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think Jake Ottinger's, he hasn't had a good 60-minute performance yet in the series while... Grubauer has been pretty solid overall uh, that and, and the Kraken's depth, I think has been the big difference and they're now in a decent position. I mean, they're not a favorite here, but um, you know, definitely not far off from being a, a bit of a coin flip uh, kind of game. And, uh, and, and they could take a three, one series lead back to Dallas. So uh, it really didn't feel that way after the stars dominated game two. And, and we talked about that, but uh Seattle is, uh, you know, definitely kind of changed the tone of the series. And now Jared McCann could return to the lineup too. Uh, he recently shed his no contact Jersey for at practice for the, the first time. And I don't think that I would say he's probable for game four. Maybe that's changed uh, in the last few minutes, but I, I would say that he he'll, he'll be back at some point in this series. It, it seems like so um that's a that could be a big boost for seattle and uh, i'm not interested in betting on them here obviously but uh i i would you know in, in game five and in a playoffs where home ice hasn't meant, meant all that much uh if if it's a must win scenario for dallas i would love to bet against that i think that's a lot of fun especially if there's uh a, you know a, a you know a big dallas contingent that's driving up the price um i, I think uh, i think i would i would definitely take the opportunity to bet the Kraken at, at long odds on the road, but uh, not at, at plus 120 or plus 110 at home. Yeah, I hear you, man. And uh, the play that I'm just going to be rocking with, because I've got no real feel on the side and a little bit of a lean with the total. We'll get to that in a sec, but I'm going with Rope Hints over two and a half shots on gold. Bet Rivers has him at minus 106. So I took this bet on Sunday during Beeson Live Bet Sunday. We were talking about it. And just looking at his numbers and what he's provided so far, two and a half seemed like a pretty uh, cheap spot to get him at. He's gone over this mark in all three games, five, four, and five, respectively. He's fourth on the team in shots on goal per 60 minutes, third in shot attempts per 60 minutes, second most overall in both shot attempts on the team this postseason and shots on goal. And then second most, an on-ice shot attempt percentage, meaning Corsi, of course. And uh, he's at 63%, only behind Jason Robertson. So, again, uh, they haven't really moved the needle too much on his shots on goal prop. And, again, the cheapest juice to the over, minus 106 at Bet Rivers. Some other books have it, like minus 120, minus 125. I'm going to go back to the well with hints there, Andy, and take him over two and a half shots on goal. So uh, that's what I'm rocking with officially for the player prop. The other area that I leaned with was potentially total goals in the first period under one and a half. 
again, we've seen this out of the stars in terms of them having kind of a, a, a tough game and then they respond defensively. And especially out of the gates, I think that could be the expectation. And, and furthermore, like you mentioned, Grubauer has been great. I mean, he's been outstanding this entire postseason and especially this series. And Ottinger, I mean, that's kind of the caveat there, right? That's the wild card, but we're still waiting for him to have a signature kind of breakout game. And if he doesn't have it in game four, I would at least hope he could have it in the first period with a nice little response. So I don't think I'm going to get there, but that was something I was strongly considering. Uh, total goals in the first period under one and a half at minus 110. Like I said, Andy, the official one I'm riding with is uh, hence over two and a half shots on goal for the Kraken and the Stars this evening. Right on, right on. Good luck. I like it. Yeah, not gonna man, cheer we, against uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what uh we'll we'll take that all day, my friend. Uh yeah. So hey, we got a couple games to look forward to tonight. Unlike yesterday with just the one game on the uh Monday slate, not ideal per se, but at least we got a couple to look forward to this evening. And speaking before we head out, my friend, speaking of things to look forward to. Myself included with the rest of the city of Chicago, Andy, we are looking forward to the future of this freaking franchise, the Blackhawks with the number one pick in the upcoming NHL draft. Call it rates, call it whatever you want. I don't give a damn. I'm elated and I am pumped. We've been trying to speak this into existence. I know Alex Smith has as well for quite some time. I saw all of his content and he was going nuts on Twitter. But Connor Bedard, come on down to the Windy City, baby. Uh, Andy, uh, as someone who's obviously not a Blackhawks fan, does this uh, does this kind of tick you off or are you indifferent about it? Because I know a lot of people weren't uh, necessarily uh, happy about this on Twitter aside from Blackhawks fans. Yeah, uh, I'm not happy about it. I mean, it was pretty much anybody but Arizona or Chicago, and it was Chicago. I would have, I would have been happy with anybody but Arizona and Chicago. I mean, I think a lot of hockey fans feel that Chicago should not even have a first round draft pick in this right. year's draft after uh, after everything that that's gone on there. Um, I don't I don't get too much involved with the the business of hockey. It doesn't really interest me. I'm um I'm in this because I, I like making predictions and I like watching the games, but uh we've seen we've seen other teams lose first round draft picks for um for far less, I guess yeah. I'll say. And I think I think I think everybody um Outside of of the the hockey community in Chicago, would have liked to would have liked to see Connor Bedard go to a, a team that really really maybe maybe could use him in a in a way that I mean Chicago doesn't need him to be successful, right? So um, you know if if let's say a team a team that did finish last overall, Anaheim had, had got it. They never had the first overall draft pick before in their history. Uh, it would have been a it would have been a huge thing, and it would have really ignited. Uh, uh, you know, obviously they'd get to see a lot of Connor McDavid and Leon Drysaddle being in the Pacific Division, but you know, all, with with Trevor Zegers already there, um, you know, really exciting player, but not maybe not uh, you know a, a, a superstar um, impact player to the level that uh, you know Connor McDavid or Connor Bedard is definitely not right. So. Um, really what it did a lot for that franchise. I think, uh, I think 
I think Connor Bedard's going to have a, a long summer because he's, he grew up a Vancouver Canucks fan. He can't be happy about being drafted by the <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, it can't be, it can't be like a, a, a fun time for him. He knows he's going first overall. So at that point, it becomes what team do I want to go to? Right? Like it, it's not like other guys that are just happy to get there and be drafted first overall. I think, I think Connor Bedard's probably known that he was going to be going first for a very long time. And, and, uh, he's been outspoken when asked what team he wanted to play for and saying that it was the Vancouver Canucks. So um, I think it's going to be a little bit of adjustment for him. I'm sure he'll do great in Chicago, though. Yeah, I mean, look, it's uh, exciting times ahead for this Blackhawks team, for the fans, the organization. And and look, you're right. I mean, I'm not here to say whether or not the Blackhawks either, you know, even should have gotten that pick in the first place. I certainly think they should have been punished more and the way they handled it was beyond atrocious. It is what it is. Putting it lightly. It was brutal. I mean, there's no way to, you know, be nice about it. The front office were terrible, awful, all of those things. And I guess from the perspective, what people have also been saying on Twitter is, look, you know, we as fans all agree the exact same. So don't, you know, kind of punish the fans about celebrating it. Uh, You know, everybody in that organization who was involved for the most part has been, you know, uh, dealt with. And, you know, that whole incident, uh, even still like last year, like Wurtz just handled it terribly at the press conferences. and, And it was a nightmare. And obviously it still is to a lot of people. So there's no sugarcoating that. But. Um, yeah, it, it, like he said, it is what it is at this point. And, you know, as good as it could have uh, helped a organization like the Anaheim Ducks and maybe an area where it's not as popular hockey wise, I guess you look at it from the perspective of, well, you want this type of player in a big market that absolutely thrives when their team is good versus like, if I can compare it to baseball, like, you know, Mike Trout's the best player in Major League Baseball, arguably him and Shohei Otani are on the Angels, but Trout's been the least marketable guy because the Angels have not been good and they're in a somewhat lower level market as opposed to if you were in a bigger area. And not that, you know, somewhere like Vancouver, obviously that's different, but I guess somewhere like Arizona and Anaheim, I you know, I think obviously the league was probably leaning a little bit one direction uh, versus going in those spots potentially too. But you're right, it would have been a big spark for some of those teams. So uh, we'll see. And uh, the draft obviously has a lot of uh, other loaded talent as well, Andy. Yeah, and you know, as far as the Chicago situation, I, I'm not all that educated on it. I, 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 you know, read some of the reports and and whatnot. I, my opinion does not matter. It, it really doesn't. Um, I don't support the Chicago Blackhawks. I, I don't. Uh, I don't have any financial. Uh, I don't. I don't give them any financial support. So I mean, what else can I do, right? I, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't have have much of an opinion other than what they did was wrong and. Uh, they should have been punished for it. They weren't. Uh, that's the NHL's prerogative. The fans have no control over that. Um, and and yeah, I guess I guess we we move on as far as the Connor Bedard thing goes. I don't I don't think um, anybody should move on from the Kyle Beach situation. Right. Obvious. Yeah, completely agree. So. Yeah, it's uh, obviously a huge dark cloud that's still and it will always loom over the Blackhawks. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a tricky situation, as you mentioned. But that's the big news out of the draft. Uh, You know, Chicago ecstatic because of that. The rest of the league and shambles at the chance of getting one of the best and biggest prospects heading into the National Hockey League. And we'll see if uh, we'll see if this could actually pan out. But again, uh, for a brief moment, at least Blackhawks fans can rejoice because of that news but Andy my man uh we had to discuss that because that was the biggest news aside from the game last night in the hockey world 
I have one more question. I have oh, what you got? I want to. I want to know how many times Evander Kane and the Oilers heard the <laughs> phrase "f around and find out" last night. Because I mean that Kane clip of that interview, that post game interview uh, after Game Two, uh, is going to be played, you know, mm-hmm. relentlessly, infamously if uh, if if the Oilers lose this series, especially if they don't win another game. Um, and and that's a big like I'm all for a little troll job here and there. I think it's a lot more satisfying after you've already eliminated the team. <laughs> I I think there are too many examples of players saying stupid things. I mean, I, I can't help but think of Roberto Longo uh, in the, the 2011 Stanley Cup final versus Boston and, and the whole bit about, you know, how he pumped up Tim Thomas and gave him a lot of... Uh, a lot of, you know, gave him his flowers and, and Thomas wasn't pumping up his tires and, and whatnot. And, you know, that that still gets played to this day because afterwards mm. Luongo just got shelled for the rest of the series. Um, and and I mean, and, you know, like I said, if, if Evander Kane and, and, and the Oilers lose and Evander Kane goes goalless, I mean, that, that clip is going to follow him for the rest of his career. So, I mean, you just got to shut up and play hockey, Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> Yeah, I really do. Yeah, it's getting to that point where, I mean, and this happens in the postseason all the time. Like, we just saw this with Dylan Brooks and the Grizzlies against the Lakers made a comment about LeBron. And I get it, it's apples and oranges, yeah. but in the same sense of just not keeping your mouth shut, especially when your backs are against the wall. So, Luckily, Evander Kane's a good player. And <laughs> yes. actually, I don't know much about basketball, but from what I, what I gather, Dylan Brooks seems like you know, a run of the mill role player. Like Evander <laughs> Kane is a Evander Kane is a borderline star, uh, borderline superstar. You know, he's a star player, and he has to act like one, right? Like this guy is, you know, used to leading his team in scoring. He did when he was on the Sharks for uh, a couple of years, and um, he's uh, been a big impact player with the Oilers. But like, I mean, just 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 drawing all the wrong attention to yourself, man. Um, I don't know. I don't know why you don't have to entertain at least for, as for me as a, as a uh, somebody invested in the Edmonton Oilers and I'm get, I, and I would bet a lot of fans that are invested in other ways in terms of, you know, tickets and whatnot uh, would feel the same way. Like you don't have to entertain me with witty comments. You don't have to like, I don't care how you interact with the reporters. I just want you to go on the ice, do your job and, and, and get the job done and, and, you know, leave all that other BS uh, for for once, you know, you you can you can tell us all about it once the series is done. But like uh, I don't know, locker room bulletin board material. The Oilers the Oilers gave Vegas way too much of that before Game Three. Yep, that's <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's entertaining, I guess, but maybe not the wisest strategy. So oh, uh, like I said, change yeah. something going forward. I mean, it's entertaining, and and nobody will say it's not entertaining. But right. I'm just saying, as you know, as somebody who just wants to see the Oilers win, and I don't care about how they do it. I you know, or I start, should I do care how they do it? I want them to just you know mm-hmm. do it in the most efficient way possible. Uh, this is not it. And and it's so at that point, it gets kind of annoying where it's like, yeah, all right, you know, enough with the shit again, <laughs> shenanigans, play hockey. You're not doing that right now. So, you know, enough talking, right? 
Yep. Oh, yeah, for sure. So uh, you got to nut up or shut up. And uh, hopefully for our sake, the Oilers can do just that. But <laughs> we'll see going forward, my man. That is Andy McNeil at Digital Gambler, where you can catch him on Twitter. And, of course, all of his content over at vsin.com. That's vsin.com under the NHL tab. You can get Andy's columns and see all of his write-ups in a great visual form. Uh, Andy going to be sweating out the Hurricanes tonight. As for myself... I am going with the Hurricanes team total over two and a half and hence over two and a half shots on goal. Appreciate you all listening to another episode of Easton's Hockey Betting Podcast. Still plenty more to come this week and throughout the Stanley Cup postseason. So always appreciate it if you like and subscribe to the podcast so you get notified when the episodes are released as soon as possible. Best of luck with all your wagers tonight and beyond. We will catch up again tomorrow. Until then, take care, folks. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. Anyone can just start screaming about microchips and Jewish space lasers, but it's our mission to remove the bull and get down to what's real. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from iHeart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.